check on the strong one. You know, check on the strong friend that you think everything's fine for because just a couple simple questions can really change their perspective and, and help them trust you and open up. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and we have an awesome guest to share with you today. Phoebe Mrochek is a podcaster, coach, and marketing strategist who helps online entrepreneurs create a profitable business that is an honest reflection of who they are and what they want the most. She is the host of the Unbecoming Podcast, a show that helps entrepreneurs release judgments, beliefs, and past conditioning, holding them back from living a more meaningful life. Over the past few years, she's built an online marketing business that has helped established entrepreneurs refine their paid ad and launch strategies, created a podcast she co-hosted with over 900,000 downloads, and organized various in-person events, masterminds, and online communities. Phoebe believes that while what we do in the world is important, we're meant to do much more in life than just work. As a curious explorer and recovering perfectionist, she has traveled to more than 64 countries on six continents, been cage diving with a great white shark, camped in the Serengeti and motorbiked across Europe. Phoebe, I think we're going to have a lot of stories to talk about. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and chat to you today. This is going to be really, really fun. So there's so many different ways we could go. Obviously, we're going to have to talk about these adventures and how they have impacted your life and what you're doing. But as you know, when I, when I talk to people, I'm really curious about their why. And I'm really curious about what shaped them and put them on the path that they're on today. So what was that big moment for you, that really galvanizing event that really shifted what you're doing and led you to the path that you're on right now? So I would say I had two pretty significant moments. The the first moment that stands out... So as one of six kids growing up, it was always really hard to kind of stand out. And, and so I used athletics to really push, pa- you know, push past my other siblings to stand out and get, gain the love and attention that all kids obviously want. And so I ended up going to college, playing Division One college soccer, which was amazing. I had hit all my dreams, my childhood dreams. I thought life was great. And my freshman year of college when I was 18, my dad passed away really suddenly. And that moment for me was a huge turning point so early on in life, right? It was this moment, the decision I made or what I said to myself in that moment was, do what you want and do it now. And as you read in my <laughs> in my bio, I've done a lot of different things because I I knew that tomorrow's never promised. So why don't we, why are we not all living the life we're we're dying to lead? And so I ended up going and quitting soccer and doing all these other things. But that moment was such a pivotal moment for me because I actually realized that everything I really wanted or every everything that I was in that moment 
I had just listened to everybody else and done what everybody else wanted me to do. And I think I'm lucky that it happened at 18 because a lot of people spend their whole lives waiting for that moment. And that happened really early on for me. And then later on in my late 20s, I I was just kind of struggling with well, watching all of my other friends, what I thought was you know, going past me and making all this money and whatever. And I just realized that I had built a business based around, again, what everybody else told me I should be doing, not how I felt like I could actually be showing up in the world. And so my why, what I tell everyone about what kind of why I do what I do is to create meaningful connections, to get people to really live the life that they want, that they've designed, that is meant for them. And so that's what I'm really passionate about in life and business. And I think they're both uh, joined. So we can talk more about that. Or I just wanted to... Yeah, those are the two real moments that stand out for me that had a real impact. And I do want to get back to the creating meaningful connections in a bit. But I want to jump back to these realizations you had because obviously... It's interesting, right? You said that you you had that realization at the age of 18, which is powerful. Most 18-year-olds are, are not at all focused on anything other than you know going to parties and having fun and feeling that they're invincible. And yet, despite that happening to you, somehow, over the course of the next number of years, you found yourself kind of in the same situation again, in that somehow, some way, you found yourself creating a life based on the expectations of others. So what's interesting about that is that I think there can be almost this insidious subtlety to the influences of others. Because you had this awakening, right? You, you went through a very powerful experience and, and you lost your dad, which obviously was a tragic thing for you. And you kind of like bundled up your fist and said, I'm not going to be you know, living life for other people anymore. And yet you did. So talk to us about some of those pitfalls that you think can happen to where, even when we make these declarations, what can sabotage that? So for me, when I was when I was going through that process with like grieving my dad and trying to figure out which way was up, what I realized was that I wasn't really, I wasn't actually grieving the process. So when I said, I'm going to do what I want and do it now, it really came from a place of, well, I've got to go out and do everything because you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. So it was almost this like scarcity, this hurry up, we got to do everything in a very short amount of time. And so in that process of going overseas and you know I spent 7 years overseas living and working and so that was really fun and really great and exciting, but I hadn't actually gone back to the source or the the real cause. So I hadn't actually grieved any of my dad's you know my dad's dying or the way that my family had kind of shifted and changed in that moment. And so when I really looked at it in my late 20s, I was like, well, the issue here is that I didn't actually want anybody to ask me how I was doing. And so I just built up all these walls. And I knew that from the outside looking in, if you had looked at my you know, Facebook or my Instagram, nobody could say that I wasn't living the life. Like I was living the dream. I was traveling. I was going on all these adventures. But how I actually was inside was a mess. You know, I was I was broken, I was sad, and I just hadn't let myself actually feel the feelings of that until, you know, one week when I was 28, so literally 10 years later, I just uncontrollably started crying for about 2 weeks and 
all my friends were like, what is going on? Phoebe's always the, the strong one, but I hadn't felt the emotions. And so for me, I'm, I'm a full sensory person when it comes to life and business. I just, I want to feel everything. And so I think that was the first, that was the main pit, pitfall is I hadn't identified what the actual issue was. I just kind of smoothed it over with a lot of events and a lot of exciting experiences and adventures, which are all amazing. And I had a great time, but I hadn't really evaluated my own life and why I was doing why, I mean, really who I was and why I was doing this. Like, why was that important to me? And so I think a huge pitfall is just trying to smooth it over to look cool, to look great. Every, everything's amazing. No problem. Don't check in on me. And so that was a huge part of... I was going to say the recovery of after 28 was like trying to figure out, okay, what actually happened here? And it is when anything tragic happens or anything out of the blue, you have to go back to, okay, I'm on stable ground and start the healing process. And I, I waited 10 years to, to actually start that. Was there something... There, there was a lot to unpack in there. and I, But I wanted to ask you this before the thought floats out of my mind. Was there something at the age of 28 that specifically kind of hit you like a lightning bolt and, and precipitated the, the two weeks of crying and, and all that introspection? Or was it just had it built up and built up and built up and finally just kind of, kind of blew? Yeah, it couldn't really go anywhere else. You know, it just, um, I was living in China at the time and I was just having, I don't know, I was having all these conversations with people and being like, no, 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 I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm great. Everything's great. Everything's wonderful. And so there wasn't one specific moment. I just remember I couldn't, I was never an emotional person. And for anyone that knows me now thinks that's so outrageous because I'm an incredibly emotional person, really, truly, right? And so as I think a lot of us are, and I just hadn't let myself experience that. That was the last thing that I hadn't, you know, I had painted this amazing picture of what my life would look like, but I hadn't actually really dug in deep to figure out who I was. One of the other things you said which was very interesting and actually backed by a good amount of research is that there is a correlation empirically between the way somebody feels emotionally and a negative correlation, meaning that the more that they post on their social media how incredible their lives are, it's often the case that those people are, are crying out on the inside. Mm. And so it's really interesting that you pointed that out because that was the case for you and probably further kept you from dealing with a lot of these issues because I, I expect you as many people in the research feel pressured to keep up this facade of how incredible everything is. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I also, when I when I got to that point, and I think it was around, maybe maybe it was around 28, 29, but I had just decided to do this motorcycle trip uh, around Europe. And so we had a travel blog and we were posting all these amazing photos. How could you not be having the most amazing time when you're on a motorcycle through the Alps and camping in Norway? And I mean, it was absolutely beautiful. So I just kept thinking, what's wrong with me? that I can't, that I'm not really enjoying this. I mean, I was, and it was great. There were moments of... Just moments I will never forget. But there was also... you know, It was almost like soiled by this, this deep sadness that I couldn't quite explain. And no one told... You know, it was... No one told me that that was okay. And also, I hadn't... You know, I could take responsibility that I actually... I didn't know that to open up uh, was really important in my own healing process. So... Absolutely. When I was posting online, I'm like, who can I tell? And I remember calling my best friend from a hotel room in Spain 
And I was like, I don't know if it was supposed to be a round the world motorcycle trip. And we ended it after 90 days through Europe because it was just too much. And she was like, what are you talking about? You look like you're having the most amazing time. That's why I haven't checked in on you. And that's why now, I mean, there have been a bunch of memes going around, but it's like, check on the strong one, you know, check on the strong friend that you think everything's fine for because just a couple simple questions can really change their perspective and, and help them trust you and open up. It's really powerful. You know, there's the, the two themes that I'm tracking the most that you've shared are, you know, that we've, you had this period where you really weren't dealing with all of that pent up emotion and feeling surrounding the loss of your father. And for a long period of time, you were living your life for the expectations of others. So totally. once you started moving past that, and it sounds like the way you did that was really becoming introspective, connecting with your emotions, having that honesty with yourself. Talk to us about the next chapter because now you're, you're a well-known expert in online marketing. And I definitely want to talk about all of that and, and the meaningful connections. But once you moved through those other issues, how, were then, did, how then did you figure out what it is that you were supposed to be doing for yourself rather than living for the expectations of others? So. It's always, it's a process, right? I don't think that I've nailed it. You know, I think everybody keeps going back and cycling back through it. And so, you know, my show is called Unbecoming. And that quote means so much to me because when I heard the actual quote by Paulo Coelho, who wrote The Alchemist, and he said, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's actually about unbecoming everything that isn't really you. So you can be who you are meant to be in the first place. And that resonates so strongly, obviously, because I actually realized that I, that nobody cared what I was doing. Do you know what I mean? Like when I was living overseas or when I had, when I was going around the world, and I remember the guilt and the shame because we had had all these sponsors sponsor our trip. And I remember saying to my mom, like, well, we can't give up on this trip. And she's like, well, why? Like, who said you're giving up on anything? And I just realized in that moment, nobody else cared about my happiness as much as I thought they did. And so I thought everybody wanted me to be this round, you know, this motorcycle chick that, you know, this biker chick that goes around the world and has all these great experiences when really anyone, all anyone wanted was for me to be happy. And so I had to take that into my own hands, right? And just start to create what that actually looked like. So around, I think I must, yeah, I, I must have been 29, 30. I had built this business and I remember going to a conference and this woman, this online marketing, kind of agency and consulting company. And this woman said to me, she's like, you're Phoebe? I'm like, yeah. She goes, wow, you're nothing like I expected. And that was like a slap in the face. And I, I was like, what, do you, what does that mean? And she's like, oh, I thought you are much older than you actually are. And I'm like, why? And she goes, just the way you write. I thought, huh. And she's like, and your website just does not match who you are. And that was so frustrating because that's what I was actually helping people to do was almost on their branding and their strategy. Yet my own branding and strategy wasn't what I thought it should be or what I was helping other people to develop, which all goes back to who you are. Well, I was putting it in the what, what you do and how you do it. And so then we started the process of what Simon Sinek talks about. People don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. And I've always taken it one step further. And that's really where I, the game that I play is that people actually buy who you are before they ever buy why you do what you do. 
So if you know who you are, and that process for me was a lot of unraveling and figuring out, okay, which voice, the voice in my head telling me I can't do something, is that me? Or is that somebody else? Where did that come from? So a lot of, as you said, introspection and just figuring out, okay, what did I actually want? And that those are constant questions that come up. But I think for me, it was more putting the habits in place and also putting the practice in place of asking myself when I get to... you know, I have my quarterly questions that I review every quarter. And some of those questions just help me get back on track with where I am and what I want to do and how I want to create and what I want to create in the world and who I want to help. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. I love that. And, and I think we kind of started getting into it a little bit, but now I, I really want to take a deeper dive. So you are, you are regarded as an expert in terms of online marketing strategies and, and branding. So a lot of people, we were talking about this a little bit before we got on the air, a lot of people think that they can kind of just do all of it themselves or have the knowledge to do all of it themselves. So for somebody who is in the process of starting a business, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur, somebody who's even, they've kicked their business off and they want to really expand their online presence from a marketing standpoint, talk to us about some of the key tenets that one should be thinking about going down that road. So the first thing is know what you're, well, know who you are and know what you're great at, right? There's like the Venn diagram. That's what you're good at, what you want to be known for and what people will pay you for. And so if you know where those those paths intersect. Like, what are you great at? What are your strengths? Play to your strengths. And what we were chatting about earlier was the idea of, you know, yeah, you can't do it all yourself. But what I find a lot of entrepreneurs doing is not staying in their lane. They're not playing to their strengths. They think they need to be everywhere. And so when I say play to your strengths, it's how do you communicate in a way that is engaging or how do you serve people? So if that's a podcast, that's great. If that's, you know, through a series of Email marketing, like you're really, you're a great writer. If you want to be a speaker or a coach, where do you play best and who do you best play with? And then once you figure that out, it's who can help you get there fastest. So I always, I mean, hiring a coach is the best thing that you can do because it not, not only should they not be telling you exactly what, you know, they should be guiding you. I always joke that I'm the bumpers in the bowling alley. I don't have to make sure that you hit a strike every time. I've just got to keep you in play. And so now that, I just hear myself. I keep saying the word play because business should be fun. And I think people take it so seriously when what we all want to do is just have a great time with people, with people we love in places that we care about. So whether that's online virtual communities or actual physical locations. And what I think people don't do enough of is actually think about what their life is going to look like if they have the business they want. So instead of throwing your life or creating, you know, pushing your life into your business, it's how does your business fit into your life? 
How does your business just fuel the lifestyle that you actually want to have? And then play to your strengths, hire out, outsource as soon as you can, even probably a little bit sooner than you think is possible. And just focus on helping. You know, Every business is built one person after one person after one person. It, if you're a mass market person, then it's going to be harder to sell certain certain items. If you are, you know, I work a lot with coaches, course creators, consultants, and so those people. It's like we just got to focus on who. Again, it's back to the who. Who are you, and who is your ideal client? And once you know those pieces, then you're off to the races. So I think finding the ideal client makes a lot of sense after you really know who you are, right? Know thyself. And so your journey was essentially a 10 plus year journey to figure out who who Phoebe is. Mm -hmm. In terms of everyone else who... And we all go through that journey in, in a different speed and in different ways. But what give a couple pointers for somebody who really is at the starting point. You, you're talking to us you know, as you've gone through that transformation, the, the unbecoming, if you will, right? Mm-hmm. So if somebody is at the front end of that, and maybe they have spent the bulk of their career or even you know, their business like you had, based on the expectations of others around them, how would you then advise them to start finding out who they are? I mean, it's... <laughs> First of all, knowing that it's not going to be an overnight flip, right? This has been 16 years for me of figuring <laughs> figuring all this out. And as I said, it's a daily practice for me. It's not easy. It's not, it's not fun necessarily in what we as- associate fun with. But it's going just knowing that giving yourself the permission to go as deep as you need to go, right? I think that was a big one for me because I, I was afraid that I would never come back out. If I went there, I couldn't get myself back out. And I didn't want to live in this depressed state. And I was like, I'm a naturally positive, happy, optimistic person. So I think the commitment to growth and the commitment to really owning who you are is step number one, right? Because if you have that commitment, you're it's never gonna it's never gonna waver. And I think that's where things start to get a little uncomfortable, a little hard, and people give up and they're like, well, I'm gonna stick in my nine to five job or I'm gonna stick in this business I've created that I feel trapped in, but whatever, it makes money. So knowing that you're in this for the long haul, right? We're all playing the long game. And from there, it's really auditing your life. Like I think that's a great place to start is. Uh, if you look at your relationships, you look at your health and fitness, you look at your spirituality, whatever that is that you believe, you're looking at your career, you know, your personal life, your social circles, all of those areas of your life that are really important. And I always say, rate them on a scale of 1 to 10 without judgment. Because sometimes your relationships could feel like a 4 today. And the questions that I then would ask you would be, great. So without judgment, your relationships that are at a 4, what made them a four. Like, let's look at that. Let's pull it apart. And you know, when I talk to some of my female clients, I tell them, I'm like, it's like we're dumping your purse out on the table. I don't care what is in there. And I don't care how you feel about those things. But let's be intentional about what we put back in. And so that could be a suitcase or whatever for whoever <laughs> is listening to this. But it, it really is evaluating like what would make that a four? And then what would make that a 10 for you? Because I think clarity is really... Is the name of the game. That is where people don't spend enough time. What does this actually look like at a 10? What does this feel like at a 10? What is this t- uh, 
in terms of like tasting and smelling like using a full sensory experience. So auditing your life, figuring out where you actually want to be. And then in terms of... I'm a big proponent of reverse engineering everything. So once you have that out front and you can look at what that what that dream life, let's say, looks like or a dream career or relationships or whatever, then let's reverse engineer that and figure out, okay, so let's not focus on the outcome, but let's build in the habits that will help you get there. So on a daily basis, what are you doing to put your relationships at a 10? And if that's... you know, Every morning at 7am, I have an alarm that goes off that says, connection text. And I, I go through and I, I message people that mean something to me. And, ju- and maybe I haven't talked to them in a little bit. But I just know that I want to reach out to people. Either that or I'm writing thank you notes. I'm just doing that for 20 minutes every morning. And so I'm building in habits. People talk about morning routines. I just want three wins before 9am. That is like... That's my goal. You know, as a soccer player, I want wins. So you got to win. But I just want to win the day before 9am. So I'm trying to get all of my numbers at a 10 before I even start the day. And we put so much pressure on ourselves to have the perfect morning routine, the perfect relationships, the perfect kids, the perfect you know careers. And knowing that it's never going to look like that. It's never going to be perfect. But how are you every day just getting yourself a little closer to where you want to be? So focus on the habits, not the outcome. That was a very long-winded answer. <laughs> it was a it was a great answer and I appreciate all the depth you went into ensuring that. And now with that in mind, talk to us about finding that ideal client. So, I think a lot of times people are actually trying to right if we're going to help somebody the easiest person to help is yourself in the past. And so many of my clients are like, well, I just want to help me at 25 or me at 45. Great. So if you look back and you actually categorize your life, the common themes and common threads that you can pull out will actually tell you everything you need to know. So what was it about your life and your journey that was unique to you? So pull out the red thread and that will tell you what you're actually here to do. Because that's the path you've been on. And you can only help people from where you've been. And so if you can help people create what it is that you've managed to create and put a process and framework around that, that's the easy part. But the harder part, I think, or the most time-intensive or maybe the most energy-intensive is actually categorizing your life in terms of seasons. What are your biggest struggles? Who has helped you? Like Who's come in to really help and support you? And so who is that guide? What did they tell you? What was the transformation? What was the moment? A lot of the questions you've been asking me today, right? These are moments that are really important. And if you put them together and you know, I just one of my one of my coaches says, in the absence of clarity, take action. And I told him, I actually don't believe that. I think in the absence of clarity, make space, right? Create a little bit of a buffer. If you have a business right now, how can you automate it for the next Two weeks, 90 days, whatever. If you're in a nine to five, great. Take the time in the evening, like really give yourself some space to pull out, to have these conversations, to pull out the red threads and see what patterns have arisen in your life that actually will help you figure out who it is that you're supposed to be helping. And so once you know who you are, right, then you can hook into the, the person that you're supposed to help. And what is it that they're waking up every night or the majority of the nights worrying about? I think that's a, a really common mistake for entrepreneurs is that they don't they don't attack the real problem. They kind of, you know, it's the give them a painkiller, not the vitamin, 
right? People want something to heal their pain. Like my analogy always is the burning boat. We have clients that are on a burning boat and we're trying to give them a cupcake, right? We need to get them off the boat and then we can get them a cupcake. So what is that acute burning pain? And how can we help them solve that faster, cheaper, whatever the word is that resonates with you? So based on your story, how can you actually help them solve it? And then getting really specific on not just demographics. I think people focus too much on, well, they're 25 and they live in Laguna Beach and they, you know, whatever, as opposed to, okay, maybe this, maybe this woman is 42 and she's trying to get back into the, you know, she's trying to get her career back because she's just taken 10 years off to raise her kids. Awesome. So what are her fears? What is she excited about? Who is she talking to? Where is she already getting that information? And how do we put ourselves in the conversation, not interjecting and not interfering with her, her life as it stands right now? How do we put ourselves in the way? I love that. And so we're working down kind of this path where we're knowing who we are, we're figuring out our ideal client, and now we're going to take that message online. Before we get into some actionable strategies, based on your observations with the clients you work with, what are a few of the biggest pitfalls that you see people make when they're trying to promote themselves online? Oh my gosh, it's not taking a virtual community into account at or not behaving as though it's a real community, as though you're walking into a room. So I see so many times people are just blabbing about, you know, it's like link, link, link to their website, to their podcast, whatever it is, when you would never do that in a real life situation. You would never walk into a networking event or some sort of business function and start screaming about your business and passing out business cards like a crazy person. Everyone hates that person. So don't be that person online. It's the exact same thing. And I think people get this fake courage when they're online. They think they can just say whatever they want because you're behind the computer screen. When the people who actually rise to the surface are the ones who are acting with integrity, who are creating conversations that you know to support other people. And so one of the things that I look at when I'm going into communities is I'm there to help and support number one, right? And then I'm looking in the comments to see what are people actually struggling with? If this is a room full of my ideal clients, like how am I being seen as someone who's adding value to what they're doing? And a lot of people, a huge pitfall is people are afraid to share what they know because they think everyone should be paying for that. And I have a lot of different thoughts and feelings around that. But if you're not sharing everything, somebody else is. right. The best stuff you're going to give away should be for free. Because the real transformation happens in the room with you. Whether that's through a course, whether that's through an online program, or whether that's online group coaching, whatever the situation is for you. But give away everything that you know for free. Right? And then the best question that you can ask yourself is, what do they need to know, understand, or believe to be true before doing business with me? And so I would just encourage you or invite you to write down, you know, if you're listening to this, 30 things that in response to that question, what do they need to know, understand, or believe to be true before doing business with me? And that is all of your free content. That becomes all of the stuff that you're going to put out online, whether you're doing Facebook Lives, podcasts. And so from that, People, you're just walking them down the funnel, right? You're walking them into the room with you because that's what they actually, that's what they need to know in order to make a better informed decision. And you can find that if you struggle with having 30, ask your current clients, what was it that made you hit that submit button on the payment? Like, what was that moment for you? 
And I think you'll be surprised at the answer. I know I have been many times and it's not what I expected, you know, and my ego wants it to be one thing and it's something so simple and let it be simple. So, Phoebe, that's excellent advice. And we actually addressed before I could even ask you it, you gave me some of the pitfalls and then you gave some of the actionable strategies. I want to just take a moment and we, we kind of teased it. Tell us a little bit more about the Unbecoming podcast. So uh, Unbecoming, as I mentioned, is this practice, right? Of the releasing the judgments and the expectations. And so on my show, I wanted to have conversations with people, um, athletes, entrepreneurs, high-performing leaders that really was the person behind the business, right? I am the who behind the business. That's what you can be the why or the what or the how or whatever. That's great. But I want to own the who. And so when I talk to people, it's not really about their business, right? It's these high-performing people, but it's really about what was it? What were the expectations put on you or that you put on yourself in order to achieve what you, you know, a certain level of success? And then what was that moment that everything changed? What was that that shifted for you where you decided to really step into it, right? If we look at my life, that's been my journey up into this point. And so I feel like I those are conversations that would have helped me and still do. I love it selfishly. I love talking to all these people. Um, and so I want to be the person who ignites that conversation, right? The person who helps you feel inspired when you're having a bad day or you're not really sure, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Well, I don't actually believe that there's one purpose for everybody. I think there's seasons of purpose and seasons of life and seasons of love and relationships and whatever. And so if we release that pressure that we're supposed to be doing this one thing all the time, you know, never wave or whatever, then if we can release that, we can actually really enjoy our life and live a meaningful life and impact more people. So that is what I set out to do and create on my show and got on the radio. And it's we're rocking and rolling with this show right now. It's it's pretty fun. Love it. We're going to link to everything, Phoebe, in our show notes and at the Daily Helping app. want to wrap up here as we're at time. I've loved our conversation. You've had so many pearls of wisdom that you've shared with the audience. I'm grateful for that. As you know, I, I ask all of my guests, a single question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, the one most important piece of information you'd like the audience to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? So I think the daily helping for me and what I stand for is really just give yourself permission to go deeper on finding out who you are because everything comes back to who you are. And when you know who you are and you know why you want the things that you want, Give yourself permission to go for it, right? We can't be playing small. That's my biggest pet peeve when I see people doing that. So give yourself permission to play big, right? Give yourself permission to dream bigger than you've ever dreamt and give yourself permission to ask for help. So I hope that this conversation inspired you to take action, to go after what it is that you really, really want because you're made for more than you expect or potentially think you are. Amazing. I love that. Phoebe, tell us where people can find you. So you can go to unbecomingpodcast.com. That is where you'll find all the links and resources to everything that I create on, on the show. And then I'm on Instagram. So at Phoebe Morocek, that will, I'm sure, be spelled in some sort of show notes because it's a hard name <laughs> to spell. <laughs> but um, you can find me. I'm over there. I post every day. I'm behind the scenes of the show, of my life 
what's going on, what's opening up, what are the conversations I'm having. So Instagram or my website. Absolutely. As I said, we will have everything Phoebe Mrochek at thedailyhelping.com show notes for her episode and in our app available on iTunes and Google Play. Phoebe, this was awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. I loved our conversation. I am so grateful. Thank you. And thank you for... real. I mean, before I even got on this show, just what you do for people and the content that you put out is world-class. And I'm really honored uh, to be a guest here today. So thank you for inviting me. That means a lot. Thank you. Absolutely. And to each and every one of you who chose to tune into this, thank you as well. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because this is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, especially if you don't know who they are. And post in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others. <laughs>